Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you as the Lord gives us this time and allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time uh, and uh, on all of our domestic church media radio stations and other platforms that we come to you live. Um, and then the program repeats those same days at 10 p.m. And I do hear from many of you saying that you listen to the program then. Maybe the, uh, the schedules have shifted a little bit now with everybody at home. But anyway, I'm happy you're here on this beautiful Wednesday and the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena. And we're going to go to the good saint, the doctor of the church, a little later on in the program, just to go over some some of her uh, quotes. I love to go to saint quotes and just kind of reflect on them a little bit. So we'll do St. Catherine of Siena today. Uh, also today, Holy Father, it is Wednesday, gave his final uh, general audience teaching on the Beatitudes. So I'll share some of that with you. I do want to go over also and pray uh, after we, our, our formal prayers go to today's um, first Mass reading, the Acts of the Apostles, and I forgot to do that yesterday, but we'll do it today because I love the Acts of the Apostles, and we get to hear uh, those beautiful readings throughout this uh, glorious Easter season, so I want to share that reading with you. So uh, wherever you are, my friends, I'm uh, thanking you for being here and, and welcoming you and inviting you to join us in prayer right now as we come together from across many, 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 many miles, you know, it used to be the old days, just the footprint of, you know, for our, at one point, just our first station, just at 1260, that was it. Then we added the uh, FM over in uh, Monmouth County and our FM down in Atlantic County, our FM now in Cape May. I used to say from coast to coast, from the Atlantic to the Delaware, but my goodness, we go way beyond there now uh, because I hear from uh, friends who watch the program actually on Facebook and on YouTube in other parts of the world. So how exciting is that? So there's a lot of power in these prayers right now. So let's come together. Although we are socially distant, <laughs> we are certainly together and united in spirit right now. You can't get any closer uniting in spirit this way in prayer. And uh, we certainly overcome all those uh, crazy fears that people have about, uh, you know, what's going on out there in the world today. We don't fear. We have Jesus. Nothing to fear. No panic, no fear, and uh, this is uh, why we come together, and we're going to pray for all of your intentions, and I encourage you, my friends, to pray now as we uh, come together as family. And as I said yesterday, every day now, let's pray for President Trump. Uh, you know, whether you, whatever your political position is, you always want to see your president succeed. He's leading the country. I saw an analogy on Facebook or something a while back saying, you know, if you get on a, an airplane would you want your pilot to fail? <laughs> he's in charge of the plane. Um, you certainly want to make sure he's, he, he succeeds in flying that airplane. So let's pray for our president. He is under a, a great attack so often, um, right or wrong, and, uh, you know, just got to pray for him I, 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 and, and pray for God's grace. And I, I read last over the weekend 
that he had a wonderful conversation with uh, some of the U.S. bishops, and then he was he was uh, watching the mass with his wife from the White House at St. Patrick's Cathedral. So, you know, the Lord is hopefully working on his heart in so many different ways. So let's pray for him for strength and courage, uh, and and the continued grace being poured on him as he leads this country through this situation we find ourselves in to get us out of this and get back to normal. I don't mean a, a new normal. I want to get back to normal. Let's get back to being the great country that we are and the great people that we are and become a people of faith, a people truly trusting in God, as it says on our currency and as we've been saying for over 200 years, in God we trust. And let's put our trust back in the Lord. So, my friends, let's begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're praying the prayer that Holy Father gave us uh, to protect us from the COVID-19 virus. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the foot of the cross were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide so that as at Cana in Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father and to do what Jesus tells us. For he took upon himself our suffering and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of resurrection. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from every danger, glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And uh, again, my friends, we have to heed the direction of our Holy Father. Um, this month of May, which begins on Friday, I posted the prayers. He has given us two prayers to pray, this one that I, we've been praying, and another prayer, and he encourages every Catholic and non-Catholic too, but especially every Catholic in the month of May to pray the rosary in your home. We're all confined right now to our little domestic churches. Make it a place of prayer, a place of sanctification and holiness, Holy Father Pope Francis is encouraging every person to pray the rosary every day in our home, our little domestic church. So please heed that call. Pray it every day, but especially during the month of May, dedicated to our Blessed Mother. And uh, now we'll pray the prayers that Pope Francis has asked us to pray every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil, to pray to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful Subtum Presidium prayer uh, that we just prayed, as a matter of fact. So we'll pray it again. I kind of went ahead of myself there. But let's pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And again, we'll pray the prayer, uh, the Subtum Presidium prayer. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities. But deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. St. Catherine of Siena, pray for us. And Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And again, my friends, I thank you for praying. And I'm going to encourage you now. You know, send us your prayer request because uh, this coming Monday already, 
uh, May 4th will be the first Monday in May. And uh, as he does every first and third Monday now, again, Bruce is back. Bruce DeBacco uh, hosts his uh, wonderful program, Come to the Throne, where he throws up the prayer tent, opens up the prayer tent, and invites you to call in with your prayers, but also to send us your prayer requests. So there's a way you can do that from our website. You can email us here to the address pray at domesticchurchmedia.org. You can text your prayer request, but that all happens live this coming Monday at 3 o'clock right here on these domestic church media stations. And also uh, coming up Friday, which is the day after tomorrow, first Friday, May 1st. Of course, we have our regular first Friday lineup with um, Bill and George uh, uh, here with Brothers in Arms, uh, Father Steve DeLacy with the Vocation Hour. Bishop will not be here to do his regular program at 3 o'clock, however— we are going to bring you Bishop O'Connell twice on uh, on uh, Friday. Uh, there's going to be a special noon mass that he is celebrating on this coming Friday, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and it's a mass for workers, and um, uh, Bishop O'Connell will, will be celebrating that mass from St. Joseph's Church in Tom's River at noon. We'll bring it to you live right here, so instead of the repeat of the EWTN mass at noon on Friday, we're going to bring you Bishop O'Connell from St. Joseph's and Tom's River. Of course, it's, these are not masses, unfortunately, where uh, people can attend because of the uh, current lockdown. But we will certainly be happy to bring it to you here live, audio streaming it here on our stations. That's at noon. And then at um, 3 o'clock, we're going to bring you live, where Bishop normally has his program, The Shepherd's Voice, on First Fridays. We're going to bring you Bishop O'Connell live. Uh, in union with all of his other brother bishops here in the U.S. and in Canada, uh, both the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops and the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, uniting in prayer at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, And all the bishops have been asked to do this in every diocese in both countries, where the bishops will reconsecrate the country to the Blessed Mother under the title of uh, Mary, Mother of the Church, a very special reconsecration uh, that we will bring to you again live here at 3 o'clock this coming Friday. Bishop O'Connell, uh, in union with his brother bishops across the country and to our neighbors to the north, will be reconsecrating both the United States, in our case here, and the Canadian bishops, uh, the country of Canada, uh, re- reconsecrate the countries to Blessed Mother. You know, all the things that we hear about what's going on in the world today, and I get very frustrated. You know, Cheryl and I, I I don't know, you know, you got to be careful because you don't want to give the impression that this is not a a, a serious situation. The virus is very real. The virus has certainly um, had an, an adverse effect on the health of many, including death of many. Um so we're not going to minimize that. It's a very real thing, and we need to abide by the, uh, the, the health guidelines that the government has given us as far as just b- being, you know, pr- practicing proper hygiene and, and things, um, which is the case, which should be the case always. But there's a lot surrounding that that is becoming very confusing to me, and I, maybe others as well, I hope. I'm hoping. <laughs> but, you know, why are the doors to the churches closed and the doors to the abortion clinics open. We have to really look at this from a spiritual level 
and I'm not faulting any of the bishops. They're abiding by what the rule of law is saying in their particular uh, state or county. Or, But it's very frustrating when, and I'm going to put it back on the governors who are really dictating these uh, situations, in this case, New Jersey Governor uh, Murphy and over in Pennsylvania, Governor Wolf, because those are those within our, our main listing areas, that you're not allowed to have public masses, our liturgy, the, the source and summit of who we are, but you can be shoulder to shoulder in ShopRite, as Cheryl just told me. She stopped at ShopRite on the way over here earlier. We needed some lunch meat and eggs in our house. She stopped at ShopRite. She said it was a zoo. People shoulder to shoulder. They, you go to the Home Depot or to Lowe's you, or, or, or the liquor stores, and, and, and those doors are wide open. And the horror of the, the doors to the abortion clinics being open to anybody who wants to do that horrible deed. And we have to fear going into a church to worship the living God. There's something beyond just the health of the people that is being determined here and dictated to. I find it very frustrating. And one day, you know what, maybe, because you see a lot of things being being censored on Facebook now. If you, if you question Big Brother, and maybe one day the, the, the stormtroopers will come in here and take me out. Well, I'm going to go to today's, <laughs> bring, brings me to, to today's uh, uh, first reading. And I'm going to go to my domestic church media app right here, pull up my mobile app. I'm going to click on pray. And the first thing I see, the first option here is daily mass readings. Click on that. And there it is. Very simple. You can get this app for free. If you don't have it already, I don't know why. You can download it. Just go to your, your app store and search for domestic church media and download our free mobile app. Because within seconds, you have the daily mass reading. So this is a reading today. And I love the Acts of the Apostles from Acts 8. Uh, 1 through 8. There broke out a severe persecution of the church in Jerusalem, and all were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. I love that image. (laughs) First of all, listen to what happened. A severe persecution of the church, and people were scattered. Well, where are we now? We're all scattered about, although in our beautiful little domestic churches, and that's a great thing. But the apostles didn't scatter. Uh, It continues, devout men buried Stephen. This was after the persecution of Stephen, of course. Devout men buried Stephen and made a loud lament over him. Saul, meanwhile, was trying to destroy the church, entering house after house and dragging out men and women. He handed them over for imprisonment. Well, how far away were we from that? The way things are going. We've all been pushed back into our homes to worship in our domestic churches. How long will it be if things continue the way they are continuing before someone whose name is Saul or Bob or Pete or officer will enter houses, house after house, and drag out men and women and hand them over for imprisonment? Well, that's what was happening. 
Now those, however, who had been scattered went about preaching the word. And you know, no matter what happens, <laughs> no matter what the authorities say, by virtue of our baptism, we are called to live our faith vibrantly, boldly, and courageously, just like this first century church. That's why I love it. That's why I love this first century church. It invigorates me. Thus, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ to them. With one accord, the crowds paid attention to what was said by Philip when they heard it and saw the signs he was doing. So you see that, that special grace that Philip had and the other apostles in their preaching. There's a, a term that's used for that current day uh, to have the gift of apostolic preaching, that when a, 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 a person is preaching the word, this gift that was given to that individual by God becomes so evident to the listeners, the hearers, that there's no doubt that what the person is saying is gospel truth. And so the people saw this in Philip, and with one accord, they paid attention, and when they heard it and saw the signs he was doing, for unclean spirits crying out in a loud voice came out of many possessed people, and many paralyzed and crippled people were cured. So the power of, in this case, the preaching of Philip and throughout uh, that, those early church days, all of the apostles, who were all martyred for what they were doing except for St. John, because Our Lady was entrusted to him for him to care for her. So he was preserved from that uh, particular fate. But the apostles had seen the risen Lord. They, they, they knew that Jesus Christ, who they saw on that Good Friday, uh, so horrifically crucified, dying on the cross and, and, and entombed, saw him after that and know, knew that, hey, you know what, he went through all that, he, he, now he lives forever. And so there's nothing to fear here. And so Philip gives a great example of, in spite of the persecution that was taking place throughout Jerusalem of the church, they all went about and preached, not afraid. And you see, this is how we have to be today. We mustn't be afraid. And I'm not saying we need to go out and break laws per se. But at first, let's do it the right way, make our voices heard, and speak up about priorities here. If the powers that be, if the authorities of the state say it's okay for people to gather in grocery stores, convenience stores, liquor stores, uh, department stores, my goodness, why are you prohibiting people from gathering in places of worship? So I believe that when we come to this Friday, first Friday, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and our bishop is going to celebrate Mass for all workers, you know, everybody wants to go back to work. So thanks be to God, Bishop O'Connell celebrating Holy Mass for, for all workers. And then he and his brother bishops in this country and in Canada 
will be reconsecrating basically North America. I don't know about the Mexican bishops, but certainly the U.S. and Canada, reconsecrating the, these two countries. And I believe Italy is doing it too, maybe not the same time. But this is, this is all being done at the same time. Imagine the power now. We're going to see and feel this Friday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Because it's not being done individually scattered about. Everybody coming together with one voice at 3 o'clock Eastern time, 12 o'clock Pacific time, and the same time zones in Canada. All at once, the power of these successors to the apostles reconsecrating the countries to the Blessed Mother. I, and of course, on the feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and we have to join them. We're going to broadcast that reconsecration right here on these stations. So spread the word. We'll get the word out. But I believe we're going to feel a rumbling of power on that day at that hour. And I think we should not be surprised if we things take a turn for the better. If we sincerely join in the prayer of the bishops, the successors to the apostles, coming together at that hour, in this case on the East Coast, at the hour of mercy, united in, in heart and mind and spirit and prayer, and giving our countries to the Blessed Mother. And watch what happens. We have to start practicing courage. <laughs> Coraggio. And not be afraid openly and boldly proclaim the truth of our, our, our risen Lord and, and take our country and, and give it to the Blessed Mother as she, as she did at Cana. We'll take our country, so to speak, in, in her immaculate hands and present it to her divine son. Watch what happens. And you see, the, when, when we read these these. Accounts in our mass readings throughout the Easter season and read about the power of, 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 of witness and prayer and trust and faith and courage and, and boldness. That's why the church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, grew so quickly and rapidly. We need that back. I feel kind of like you know, in, in, in one sense, we, you know, we're waiting. You know, we, just like the apostles after the crucifixion went in, in the upper room, you didn't see them. But when Pentecost came, oh boy, you saw them. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we're all in our little churches right now, our little domestic churches, our ecclesia domestica, and we're waiting. You know, just like the apostles waited with the Blessed Mother in our little places of prayer, our little houses of prayer and sanctification and holiness. Maybe we're waiting for that, that, that great Pentecost again. You know, uh, I think it was his first visit to the U.S., Pope Benedict in 2005, when he was uh, speaking to seminarians, I believe, at St. Patrick's Cathedral, said that he saw... He foresaw a, a, a new Pentecost in the U.S., and that was 15 years ago. 
But what are we seeing now? You know, we're seeing maybe maybe we're seeing as people feel the and hunger and thirst for for our our sacramental life once again. People will begin to realize what we had and don't have at the moment, but what we thirst and hunger for now even more. Maybe we, in our little cocoons that are our homes, where we're all kind of confined to, that we will emerge from these abodes one day, bolder and more vibrantly witnessing our faith to people, not being afraid. I, I see so much, you know, as I said, there's, a, there's a, a very serious scientific medical issue out there regarding the coronavirus. I understand that. It's contagious. It's, it, it, it is killing people. But I think the media has hyped it up in such a way that people now are, are just, they don't know where to turn. You know, now the hype, you know, half the people that get it don't even know they have it. So you might have it. So stay inside. Well, I'm not the vulnerable one. I don't know. It just doesn't, there's a lot of, a lot of, of surreptitious information kind of coming in and out, up and down and throughout, and people aren't sure what to believe anymore. As, as Pilate says, what, what is truth? We know as Christians where truth is, and his name is Jesus. But I do see a lot of evil in all of this. A lot of evil. And so it's not just a battle against a virus. That was just the, the, the little seed that was planted, and from that has blossomed a lot of people taking advantage of the situation and doing evil things. I believe that. There's no other way to explain church doors being closed and abortion clinic doors being opened. No other way to explain that other than the forces of evil. There isn't. And so we, as members of this church, during this beautiful Easter season, doing what we're being told to do, stay in your home, socially distancing yourself, you know, confine yourself to your home. We have turned our homes, as we should, all Catholics should be doing this, turning their homes into these little domestic churches. But that's not the end. This is just the beginning because from these little churches will blossom and bloom a greater and, and stronger and more vibrant church, I believe. But we have to pray, pray, pray. We have to unite our, ourselves with our bishops on Friday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time and as they reconsecrate this country to the Blessed Mother. We can't just say, Let, you know, go ahead and do it. I'm, I'm, I'm watching, uh, you know, News, news reports, I want to see what's going on with the coronavirus. Forget that. Get away from those television sets. Stop watching the, 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 the mainstream media. It's, they, they, they're doing nothing but trying to manipulate, manipulate you and, and frighten you. We now have to become more interested in practicing our faith because that's the power that will overcome the evil. That's the medicine that will destroy the virus. I know it will. Because there's no virus greater than God. 
And perhaps God has allowed this to happen for this reason, to bring about that greater good that is a more vibrant and courageous church where each and every member of this church is called to stop being so nominal in our faith and begin to live it like those first Christians did in the first century. Even amidst persecutions, they scattered, yes, but they scattered and preached. So what looked like a defeat, see how we made them scatter? All you did was kind of spread the disciples out over even a wider area to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen from the dead. You know, the devil will always go one step further than he should have and ends up biting himself in the tail. Never fails. He can't outsmart God. So whatever is behind a lot of what's happening today, over and above the... the, the, the biology. The devil will take it one step too far. And he's going to bite himself in the tail, and I'm being polite when I say the tail. <laughs> but that happens all the time because he can't outsmart God. He's no, no more powerful. He's no, not more powerful than God. And you and I, my brothers and sisters, during this glorious season of resurrection, again, we're in our little tombs, so to speak, but we are prayerfully and hopefully practicing our faith. But that, when those stones are rolled away from our domestic churches and we emerge a resurrected church, watch what happens. But it's only going to happen if we allow ourselves to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. So think about that. Think about being in our homes, being in the tomb, and when that stone is rolled away, we're being asked to become resurrected out into the world and bring the light of Christ to even more people. Think about that. Okay, I'll take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to, oh, St. Catherine of Siena, whose feast we celebrate today. Some quotes I found. I love I loved, uh, sharing quotes from saints and then meditating on them. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Come to Me. co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hard-working people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Peace be to you. What is prayer? Well, the best definition of prayer is that it is a lifting of the mind and the heart to God. To make it more simple, prayer is a dialogue. Man breaks silence in two ways. A dialogue with his fellow man and a dialogue with God. My dialogue with a fellow man is a proof that he is a person, and so am I. The same is implied in a dialogue with God. And both of these dialogues are fulfilled in the two commandments, love God and love neighbor. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Furlong to Forked River. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back, my friends, on this April 29th, the Feast of St. Catherine of Siena. And we're going to go to the good saint in just a little bit, uh, some of her quotes. I love quotes from saints, and I'll share some of those with you. Um, but before we do that, just a couple of uh, quick um, programming notes here. Again, as I mentioned, this coming Friday, first Friday, uh, Bill and George will be here at 6 o'clock with Brothers in Arms. Father Steve DeLacy will be here at 7 with his vocation hour. Both of those programs repeat the next day. Um, and then uh, Bishop O'Connell, whose program uh, airs at 3 o'clock on First Fridays, The Shepherd's Voice, will not be here. However, 
As I said, we will bring you two special events coming up on Friday. Uh, at noon, a Mass being celebrated by Bishop O'Connell. Again, it's not a public Mass, unfortunately, but he'll be celebrating Mass from um, St. Joseph's and Tom's River, uh, a Mass for workers on the feast, of course, May 1st, St. Joseph the Worker. And then at 3 o'clock, we'll bring you here, instead of the bishop's program, Bishop O'Connell will uh, be reconsecrating the United States to our Blessed Mother under the title of Mary, Mother of the Church. And it will be uh, simultaneous with his other brother bishops around the country, as well as Canada. So all of these successors to the apostles coming together at the same time on Friday to reconsecrate the countries of the U.S. and Canada to Blessed Mother. Very powerful, and you can participate uh, by again, being right here. We're going to broadcast it to you live So, uh, with Bishop O'Connell. And I know they're like, I think EWTN's going to broadcast with their bishop down in Alabama, but we're going to have Bishop O'Connell here, uh, not here in the studio, but broadcasting uh, his reconsecration that is in union with um, his brother bishop. So very exciting. And then Cheryl will be here at 4 o'clock, as she is every Friday with me for two hours of Friday Live. And Bishop O'Connell will be our first guest on Friday, by the way. He'll be joining us at 4.15, uh, Cheryl and me, by phone, uh, to talk about, I'm sure, the consecration and other um, topics for a while. So um, do uh, stay with us. You know, as I say, I'm, I'm so thrilled every day that we're able to be here. You know, our doors are not closed. We're not contagious. Uh, they can't keep us away from you. They can't take that away from me. What a <laughs> nice little little song from the 1930s. No, no, they can't take that away from me. Anyway, we're here for you, and we can't. Nobody can separate us. No one can s silence us yet. <laughs> but we're here for you, bringing you our church. You know, it's it's. I know for so many of you, I I know, and and thanks be to God, you're you're watching the streaming masses that are available and other devotions that are available from your parish or other neighboring parishes. We're here 24-7. Um, so it's the way to, a way to stay connected to the church. The other thing I want to mention to you before we go on to St. Catherine of Siena, uh, as you know, we postponed our Radiothon. We've not chosen a, a date yet. We've not canceled it. We're going to have it sometime this year, please God. Uh, but we just want to wait uh, for a more appropriate time when things seem to be more uh, settled in. So we're not having that uh, in the immediate future. But that doesn't mean that we don't need you. Our bills keep coming in. We have our normal expenses. It costs us about $25,000 a month for the whole operation, everything. The four radio stations, all of our media, everything. Insurance, you know, uh, internet, phones, all expenses that are out there. 25000 a month. Now, this coming Tuesday, May 5th, the Giving Tuesday organization, you know, every December, the first Tuesday in December, the Giving Tuesday organization mobilizes nonprofits to come together for Giving Tuesday. And for that first Tuesday in December, they encourage people to donate to, to their favorite nonprofit. Well, because of the current crisis and the financial strains that are on many nonprofits, ourselves included, the Giving Tuesday people have designated this coming Tuesday, May 5th, as Giving Tuesday 2020 to help nonprofits. We're going to participate. 
I'm going to ask you, please, to pray about it. Encourage you, please, help us on Tuesday and especially throughout the month of May. You know, our Radiothon in spring every year carries us through the summer and into the fall. But we're not having the Radiothon or haven't had it yet. And so we're, you know, operating on a uh, a pretty, uh, <laughs> doing, doing a balancing act here. We need you. Thanks to all of you who continue to support us. But I'm going to ask you, please, those of you who are able to please help us in any way you can, especially starting on this Tuesday, May 5th, which, by the way, just happens to be the 17th anniversary of the incorporation of domestic church media. It was May 5th, 2003, uh, that we we were incorporated. So I'll make more of that as we go along some e-blast and things, put it on our website. But please pray about it. You know, imagine what where you would be if, if we weren't here during through all, throughout all of this. You know, the masses that we bring to you, the, the, especially during Easter, the music, and, and just everyday programs. So but we can't do it without you because we don't, we, we don't sell commercials. We're, we're a non-commercial station. We're non-profit. We count on the generosity of our family of listeners and viewers. So please pray about that for us. Okay, so let's go to some quotes from St. Catherine of Siena. Um, Let's see. This is good. I thought I'll start just a little list. There's a whole bunch, so I didn't, uh, you know, select any yet. I'm just going to go down the list here. From St. Catherine Siena, today's St. Day. Oh, by the way, I'm going to go to our, first go to our mobile app and click on the pray option down there. And if I scroll down to the bottom, Saint of the Day, St. Catherine of Siena. Here's a whole little, little paragraph about today's Saint of the Day, right on our mobile app, free to you if you download it. Uh, St. Catherine was born in Siena and, seeking perfection, entered the third, third order of the Dominicans when she was still in her teens. In 1370, she was commanded by a vision to leave her secluded life and enter the public life of the world. She wrote letters to many major public figures and carried on a long correspondence with Pope Gregory XI, urging him to reform the clergy and the administration of the Papal States. She burned with the love of God and her neighbor. As an ambassador, she brought peace and harmony between cities. She fought hard to defend the liberty and rights of the popes and did much for the renewal of religious life. She also dictated books full of sound doctrine and spiritual inspirations. She died on this day, April 29th, in 1380. And in 1979, I'm sorry, 1970, Pope Paul VI declared her a doctor of the church. St. Catherine of Siena, whose feast we celebrate today, once said, Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. I love that. Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Every one of us, my friends, you know, has a mission through life. Who God created us to be. We all have ambition. We all look back over the course of our lives, you know, what? when did you decide to do what you finally ended up doing? You know, I, I one time remember when I was in college, I used to drive, I went to Seton Hall, and I lived in, in the New Brunswick area, so I commuted. I wasn't, in those days, it was not uncommon for students to commute. There were people living on campus, but you know, half that school at that time, it may be different now, was, was were commuters, and myself included. 
my father worked in Bloomfield, which is a little north of South Orange, where Seton Hall was. And so I would drive with him in the morning. He would drop me off at the bus off of the parkway there on South Orange Avenue. Uh, if you know the area, exit 144, it's a cemetery. And not in a very nice area either. And in the winter days, it was cold. I would sit down there, wait for the bus. I'd take the bus up South Orange Avenue, go to school. Then he'd come pick me up at night, and we'd drive home together. The reason I tell you that is because we'd have converse, conversations in the car, back and forth. And I think by the, my sophomore year in college, I was having enough of it. <laughs> I didn't want much more of it. I, I thought in my mind, you know, I was going to be a, a, an entertainer, a singer. And my father was, you know, insisted that I get my college education. He didn't, he, he, he you know, he wouldn't let me. You have to have a degree, you know. So I said, "But I want to be a singer. I don't need this. And you have to have a degree." And I was so we would, we would sometimes argue, unfortunately. But I remember now. He, my father was a chemist by trade. He had been a a, 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 a lieutenant in the Second World War in the Navy. He, he commanded a a landing craft. You know, he had, he had a, a wonderful history of <clears throat> that. His service to the country, and then. Uh, out of the service, you know, and, and he majored in biology in school. He went to Fordham. But he ended up being a chemist. And I remember saying to him, you know, I want to do something that I like doing. And I was, I, was, I was studying broadcasting. I was studying radio and television. But it wasn't fulfilling enough for me as a 20-year-old. So I remember asking my father one day, we were driving up the parkway, and I said, and we were going back and forth, and I want to quit college. He said, no, you have to stay. You have to get your degree. I said, but I want to do something that I really do well and enjoy doing, and I thought at that time was, it was, you know, being a singer. <laughs> and I said to him, do you like what you're doing? And because I said, he was a chemist, and he said, no, but a man's got to do what a man's got to do. He said, I have a wife and children, and I have to do this. And it, and that always it always stuck with me. You know, and at first, as a 20-year-old, you think, how could you do something for so long and not enjoy doing it, when really he understood his main vocation as a husband and father. I got to do what I got to do. And in a certain sense, you know, without even realizing, my father was a very quiet man, didn't have a lot to say, you know, unlike me, who has everything to say. <laughs> but my father was not very diplomatic either. He was good. He spoke his mind. But as St. Catherine said, if you are, if you be God, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. In other words, if you, could, if you, can, if you can accept who God wants you to be and, and live for that and work for that, there's a purpose why he meant you to be that, type, that person, because it would, it would create the, the greatest fruits from your life. And you could, we can set the world on fire. I, I would find in my own journey that I, I would be most uh, um, uh, restless when I was wrestling with God. I want to do this, God, but no, God wanted me to do that. And so we'd start to fight. And that's when I was most restless, when I was most at peace, when I am most at peace, like right now. I didn't know when I was 20 years old, driving up the park with my father, studying broadcasting at Seton Hall University and wanting to quit, <laughs> that f 40 years later, 
50 years later almost, God wanted me here. Now, I'm not saying I'm setting the world on fire, but <laughs> certainly there's a lot happening over the past uh, 25 years that I've been doing this and the past 17 years the domestic church media has been in existence. Uh, another, I like this from St. Catherine of Siena. Proclaim the truth and do not be silent through fear. <laughs> that's, a, that's probably a, a saying from every saint, right? That's why they're saints. Proclaim the truth and do not be silent through fear. Well, we live in an age where the repression of religious thought is, is, is rampant. You know, ever since the early 1960s, when they took prayer out of the school and, and you, 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 all of a sudden they started um, warping the separation of church and state in our <laughs> application. Separation of church and state in our application just meant there should be no state religion. Didn't mean that you can't talk about God in public for fear of offending anybody. I mean, many, many years ago, people had no issue. I think I've shared with you that my, both my parents would tell me because they both went to public schools, my mom in the Bronx, my father in, in uh, Weehawken, that they'd start their day in the 19, late 1930s. They'd start their school day in public school by praying the Lord's Prayer <laughs> in public school. Oh, how things have changed. But we are called, especially these days when we are so repressed in many ways, we are called to proclaim the truth and not be silent through fear. Another quote from good St. Catherine of Siena, nothing great is ever achieved without much enduring. <laughs> right? I'm sure, again, you read the lives of any, any of our saints and no different than our Lord himself. See what our Lord had to endure with his passion and what was achieved through that. And every saint since, every, every disciple since, in, in attempting to accomplish great things for God, not for self, but for God, that there would be much to endure. And uh, look, at the, look at the apostles. Look at all the great saints down through the ages. I, I, I can attest, you know, even in this apostolate, there have been many, many, many things to endure along the way. And here we are again, you know, we're, when you think everything is, is, you know, we're kind of rolling along cruising altitude and, okay, now we have this crisis in our country and, and it's affecting finances and the economy and we depend on a good economy because when there's a good economy, people are a bit more generous, I think. When the economy becomes uncertain, people's ability to donate becomes uncertain. So it affects us. So, yeah, I, I, I leave the building every day. I, I go into the chapel and pray my evening prayer, and I pray for the apostolate. I pray for all of our benefactors and donors and pray that people will support us because if we don't get the support we need, we can't be here. So 
there's always much to endure. And through that comes great things the Holy Spirit can do. Um, let's see. Uh, Every step of the way to heaven is heaven. This is from St. Catherine of Siena, today's saint. Every step of the way to heaven is heaven. Well, you know, we're all going down the same path. (laughs) Eventually, all roads lead to the same exit ramp. (laughs) We're all going to have to leave this world and enter into the next and hopefully enter into heaven. And we get there by following the path and the way that Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, showed us. And so every step on the way of the way to heaven is heaven. And, you know, we're missing, especially now, when we can't go to Mass and we can't receive the sacraments, the most important elements of our earthly journey, food for the journey that we have through the Eucharist. So we have to make other ways to get us close through spiritual communion, through other uh, um, um, practices and, and spiritual exercises to get us there. But every step of the way to heaven is heaven, says St. Catherine of Siena. I like this. Because I like, I like um, uh, nautical references. <laughs> Turn over the rudder in God's name... And sail with the wind, heaven descends us. That's a great quote. I like that. Turn over the rudder in God's name and sail with the wind, heaven sends us. You know, trust in the Lord. Allow him to guide and steer our lives. You know, it it pains me when I hear about people, especially Catholic people, who, who uh, fall away, who stop practicing their faith and stop believing and stop, you know, considering themselves a practicing Catholic. Because what they've done, in my mind, in that case, if I can use this uh, quote from St. Catherine said, they, they've taken the rudder from God. So let me do the steering. And we know that that can be very, very spiritually dangerous. But in the course of our life, and anything we do, in any, any uh, way we live our lives, turn over the rudder in God's name and sail with the wind that heaven sends us. And we, we have that wonderful uh, way then of making our wills compliant with God's will. That's sailing with the wind that heaven sends us. Making our wills compliant with God's will and walking with him not fighting his will, not disputing his will or trying to grab the rudder out of his hand, the helm, but rather, in God's name, following the winds and sailing with the winds that heaven sends us. The seas will get rough sometimes, no doubt about that. Sometimes the Lord steers us into rough waters, doesn't he? And we wonder why only to strengthen us and, and, and uh, help us improve our skill. You know, there's only one way. Well, keep on the, we'll stay on the nautical theme. 
if the captain of a boat uh, is just sailing on calm waters, that's easy. But you only learn how to make it through rough waters by going through them. <laughs> you know, how do you make it through these tough times? And so, you know, you give the rudder to God, give the helm to God, and say, oh, God, God, I'm going to sail with the winds that you're sending me, and those winds take you into a storm. Well, like the apostles, we, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? We start screaming as the waves are coming up over the, over the bow and, and taking on water in the stern, and uh, we're afraid we're going to die or perish. And the Lord says, what are you afraid of? I'm here. Nothing to be afraid of. And that's what that is. It's, it's, it's giving it over to God, even in the rough times. Because God will see us through. God will navigate us through those rough waters. And he didn't take us through those rough, rough waters just to scare us. He took us through those rough waters to help us to trust more, to help us to believe more, to help us to learn how to navigate through those rough seas. Because there will be more coming. <laughs> Make us stronger in our faith. Make us trust in him more, depend on him more. And so, you know, today, especially in these days of uncertainty, so many people are going through that right now. Heed the words of good St. Catherine today, whose feast we celebrate. Turn over the rudder to God and sail with the wind that heaven has sent us. And he will see us through these rough waters. Okay, I got to go. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, see, we're not skipping anymore. You hear that? We're not skipping anymore. We had, a, we had an upgrade to our system over the weekend. Anyway, I'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, God willing. I do pray you have a great rest of your day, my friends. Please go to our website. Support us in any way you can, domesticchurchmedia.org. Donate now. We need you now more than ever. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.